Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Free the Hamster, a show about career change, transition, and reinvention. Tonight's episode, The Four Stages of Career Reinvention. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Harry Pritchett, and I want to remind uh, anyone that's uh, maybe listening live, I'm going to hand out the guest call-in number, 646-716-9397. Can't promise we'll take any calls, but I wanted to put that number out there, 646-716-9397. So there's a fair amount of material to cover here this evening, so there's a good chance this might end up being two, maybe even three shows. So let's dive in. Um, so my job as a coach, as I see it, uh, involves a process of partnering with an individual or a group of individuals and helping them move forward towards a particular goal or goals, um, helping them stay accountable, identifying and working through obstacles, uh, finding clarity and exploring new and creative, uh, opportunities. And I work specifically with successful professionals who are in transition and seeking career reinvention. Um, career reinvention, as I understand it, is it, it's not just about finding another job, but finding something that brings you joy and fulfillment, even if it's in a job you already have. Um, it's an inward exploration that leads to external results. And it's not about tweaking your resume or updating your LinkedIn profile. Um, it's about confronting the fear that's keeping you from taking chances. It's about taking stock of who you are at this moment in your life. And it's, uh, it's about dreaming a little bit and imagining if you could do anything you wanted to do, what would that look like? And that can be especially challenging when you're approaching or are in midlife. Um, when we're younger, the lens of opportunity is wide open. We, we dream about doing anything we want to do, and we believe we can do it. And as we get older, that lens can often get smaller and smaller. And part of this process is about opening that lens back up. Um, many people in their 40s, 50s, or 60s hit a wall in their career. Um, there's the, I've been let go after 20 years. Now what the hell am I going to do wall? There's the, I need to start doing something more meaningful with my life wall. And there's the, I've been in the same career for 30 years. And if I keep doing this, I'm going to lose my mind wall. And those are just a few. So based on the research that I've done, my training as a professional coach and my own experience with reinvention, I've identified four stages of career reinvention. And although people's paths through each of these stages may vary, I firmly believe that thoroughly engaging in each is essential. And this is especially true for people that are approaching or are in midlife. See, when we're in our 20s and 30s, it's all about the how. 
right? How am I going to make money? Uh, how am I going to get a job? How am I going to buy a home? And when we approach our 40s and beyond, it becomes more about why. Why am I doing what I'm doing? And that's not to say the how isn't important, but the why in many cases becomes more prominent. So let's get into the nuts and bolts of career reinvention. And to help me do that, um, I've invited my good friend and colleague, Rob Battles, back on the show. Hi, Rob. Harry, nice to be with you tonight. Nice to be with you. I've decided you're going to be my, my guest for life, my only guest. Well, I feel bad for the listeners, but um, I'm <laughs> delighted to be with you. Uh, so you, you heard what I just uh, talked about, I'm assuming. Well, I, I tried to pay attention to it, but I was doodling. <laughs> okay, it's good. Very nice. <laughs> well, you have, we've known each other a long time. Uh, we've worked together um, and you've also been a client who has uh, worked through my program. So you're very, very uh, familiar with the four stages. And before I get into the stages, I want to talk a little about um, some essential ingredients of uh, reinvention that I've identified. Um, you know, something, some things people may or may not think about before they embark on this journey, as it will. So I'm going to identify them, and then we can talk about each one. How does that sound? That sounds like a fine idea. Okay, great. Um, so the six ingredients that I've identified are time, finances, Network, creativity, risk, and drive. So when I talk about time, and I'm, I'm talking to a potentially new client, um, I gen more often than not, people ask, well, how long does this process take and takes? And as you well know, you know, that had to be identified by you once you were well into it. But I tell people on, in, in general they should try to imagine six months. Now I've had clients that I've worked with for three months. I've had clients that I've worked with um, for over a year. So that's one element of time. And the other element of time is the idea of, you know, there's a difference between the person that continues to, you know, have a full-time job. They've got kids at home, you know, so there's only so much time they can participate in a process whereas opposed to somebody that's, perhaps out of work, um, they don't have kids at home. So let's talk a little about time. Well, you know, the, I think the most important component of this is the, the t it's, it's your state of mind in the time you're taking to do this work. Mm -hmm. Because in my experience with this, um, if you know, I've been between assignments or looking for my next job or looking to tweak a situation. And it is very unusual for me to feel like I should and can make a lot of time for the process because mm -hmm. either I'm feeling under the gun that time is slipping away and I've got to make something happen um, and I, I just don't want to devote a lot of time to the process. Furthermore, I think for 
the process that your program provides to be meaningful, you actually have to have a certain equanimity because the kind of thinking that you need to do requires you to be curious and not agitated. Right. And, and, so, and you know, the, the other thing too, I'm going to jump in and the, what I encounter is, you know, and, and I often tell this to people that, uh, you know, potential clients, if you're just looking for another job, I'm probably not your guy. So if right. you're an accountant and you want to become an accountant somewhere else, you know, I'm, I'm not your guy. I would, I would steer you towards a more quote unquote traditional career coach. This is really for those, for those people that have kind of hit that, you know, a wall, so to speak. And they're willing to, as you said, take the time to explore that question of why, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? The fact of the matter is, if you are in the position of wanting to make the kind of change you're defining, it will be a new, it'll be a new experience. And mm -hmm. you, it's going to require patience and a certain amount of persistence. You know, it's not a day at the beach, but for it to be most effective and most useful, there has to be a level of enjoyment and sort of willing involvement with it. And mm -hmm. the other thing is you have to, your process takes a fair amount of time. And a lot of that time is spent, um, you know, as, as we discussed when I was going through it, feeling like I wasn't really getting anywhere. And you mm. remind me that in fact, at this juncture in the process, I am, if I am thinking and exploring and developing a sense of curiosity and sort of making inquiries in different directions and not seeming to be making much headway, I'm in fact doing the work. And it was mm -hmm. extremely helpful for me to be reminded that the time it was taking was necessary and the experience was not uh, my, a typical experience. It's not the same as, as working on your resume and, and, and uh, going to job interviews. It's, it right. really is a much deeper experience. So let's move uh, forward unless there's anything you want to add to that. I can't think of a thing. Okay. <laughs> well, if you do, by all means. I'll just, I'll so, just jump in there. Please do. So, so we talked about time. So next thing on the list is finances. So in my case, you know, when I started my journey of career reinvention, um, <clears throat> I had to make some sacrifices financially. Uh, you know, I wasn't sitting on a treasure chest, but uh, I had to cut way back on my expenses. I got rid of my car and I actually had to borrow money for my coach training. So, and, and everyone I've worked with comes, you know, with their own um, uh, financial situation. Um, <clears throat> tell me a little about where you were at. Well, the, you know, the mo in my most recent uh, transition, um, I didn't feel a great deal of pressure to replace 
income. Mm-hmm. But I, I had never been in a situation where I, where I wasn't either working or sort of vigorously um, swimming towards my, you know, my next job. And I realized after I'd gone through your process and actually found the thing that um, I've been doing ever since, that um, it, I'd probably spent about six weeks unemployed in my whole life. Mm. And so just so the idea that um, I wasn't working was very, it was just very dis- distressing because I was mm-hmm. so unused to it. I think when I'd been moving out of one job and hadn't settled into the, the next one in the past, I would do exactly what you're describing, which would be to, you know, quickly jettison any unnecessary expenses because, you know, the, the notion of financial insecurity was just too distracting. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I mean, essentially you're going, if you're going through this process, I think it's, it's inevitable that you're going to stop generating income very possibly. I mean, not necessarily. I mean, if you're no, I yeah, I would say that that that's true in some cases. In fact, um, I'll give you an example of one client I had who was uh, in a really toxic job. That it so toxic, in fact, that it consumed so much of his energy when we would work together that he wasn't moving forward. And I would never, ever advocate for anyone to leave their job. I mean, that's something that they would have to come to on their own. You know, they'd have to figure that out themselves. Now, that being said, that doesn't mean we didn't explore the possibility. So I would I would have asked him a question like, so what would that look like? You know, if you were to leave your job and what would that mean? Now, long story short, he did end up leaving his job and he was so relieved. And at that point we were really able to dive into the work, mm-hmm. you know, so that's a good example of somebody who, you know, had a you know very toxic job. Other people, not so toxic. Other people, it doesn't affect them the same way. Um, but well, in his again, case, when, it was keeping when you define your, as you define your process, you're, you're talking about, people in mid-career, and you've defined the clients you work with as successful people in mid-career. And Mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is I've been um, been an employee and I've been a manager. And so I know that qualified people in most cases are going to wind up with a job and they're going to wind up, if they're careful and persistent and patient and they do the work, they're going to mm-hmm. wind up in a situation that will be an improvement over what it is they're leaving or what it is that they're less satisfied with. It's always been my experience. Yeah. And I but, want to clarify yeah, because when, yeah. when you mention when I talk about working with successful people, for me, my understanding of that is people that, you know, I'm not going to convince somebody to get off the couch to do this work. Right. So I work with people that, 
you know, they want, they want goals. They want tasks. That doesn't mean they don't need to be you know, kept accountable, which I do, you know, keep them, but they, they know how to get off the couch. Right. And so it doesn't well, mean the, just the, like people with money. Right. There's, well, there's wishing that things will get better and there's, then there's doing the work that leads you to something more meaningful. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I can't imagine anybody would be interested. Uh, you know, the, again, the fact is the, the work you, the work involved in following your process is challenging and it requires a time commitment. It requires a fair amount of concentration and it's, it's work. So it's work you're doing. And if you've got a job, it's sort of a second, it's sort of a part-time job um, to be working with a coach like you in pursuit of something that will improve my work experience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I would tend to be very distracted if I was feeling financially insecure. And I think the point I was trying to make was for the most part, people who engage in this process, uh, whether with you or, you know, in a similar vein, um, will always wind up someplace good. I, I just don't know anybody who has failed to get to the far shore when they, you know, when they take, when they get in the boat, but um, it's, it's hard to believe that you can count on that, um, you know, when you're getting ready to start. And yeah. I know financial insecurity was, was always a concern of mine because it, you know, it's, it's probably how I was raised. You know, you had to uh, make sure your bills were paid and, and, it's what, you know, it's why people go to work. They don't go to, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's great to go to work. And in fact, um, the best work I've ever done is work that I was excited to do and they paid me to do it. But, um, and I do think that the kind of people that are going to be interested in the kind of program that you provide are those people. It's people who want to be fully engaged in the work. So indeed, what's the next, what's the next thing? Funny. You should ask. Um, okay. So we've covered is it, time. Is it network by chance? Yeah, wow. It is actually something you're oh, all that. too familiar with. And um, so, I mean, this is something that you, you over the years have had a, a great influence on me with, you know, um, the importance of, your network, whether it's family, friends, colleagues, former colleagues, because you never know whom it is you might meet along the way that might lead you to your next opportunity. I mean, when I was kind of moving down my my career reinvention path, you were the one constantly inviting me to lunch with this person and coffee to this person. And I kept saying, well, I, and this is when I had no idea that I was heading towards you know, coaching, it wasn't even on the radar as at that point. And you just, you were just all about meeting interesting people without like, can you get me a job? Just, you know, which is part of the opening that lens I talked about earlier. 
because we're always so narrow. I should know always, but a lot of people are focused on, oh, my God, I need another job. And anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, uh, I, and I've, funnily enough, I, um, over time I realized the value of having what you describe, and I also I noticed that I sort of had one. But I loathed the idea of networking. It felt mm-hmm. to me like it was shilling for oneself, and it felt very insincere. It felt very, uh, like, very much like I'm here to suck up to you so that you can help me. But in mm-hmm. fact, what I finally realized over time was the people who I would want you or some other friend of mine to meet to get more information were usually people I liked and people I enjoyed talking to and, and people who were interested in talking with other interesting people. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I remembered I was uh, leaving one job. I really didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and I just had this idea that I'm going to have to spend, and this is before I was introduced to your process. It was before you'd invented it. But I really felt like if I knew what I wanted to be doing, I'd, I'd be doing it. I just don't know what it is. So I'm going mm-hmm. to take the time to have as many conversations with people I, that I know that I haven't spoken with and with people that I don't know. And I'm going to try to get some more experience here. And what I realized over time was the, one of the most valuable things you can do is to talk to people who are doing something you're interested in that you don't know much about. And the best time to do it is when you're just interested in getting more information and not particularly distracted by the need for a job. And so, and it's not sucking up. It's, it's actually having conversations with interesting people that you haven't met yet. Right. And I, you know, so I've, I've counseled um, young people with whom I worked in my own you know, young adult children to make it a point to get to know people and to stay in touch with the people they like. And once you start, and of course I was doing it too, I just didn't realize it. And the people that I met at one point in my career invariably were the people that I bumped into later and the people that I relied on later. So the notion that networking is some kind of a sales pitch is something I didn't understand as completely wrong. Networking mm-hmm. is actually widening your circle of friends and staying in touch with people. And frankly, it's never been easier to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and being, and also being available to help other people when they're curious about one thing or another. You know, a lot I of re- that has to do with just, with just being available for conversations. I remember when you and I were working together um, with the coaching, with a group doing our coaching work together. <clears throat> and one of the guys we were working with, who I won't mention his name, was in the you know, ad business for many, many years. He was miserable. You could tell his, you know, and, and he was yet looking for more work, but you could, that energy was, was there. And he was, I remember him, 
oh, I don't know. I can't keep going back to my network, my network. But something during the process happened where he, all of a sudden, he had this great desire to start pursuing um, volunteer work for -for not-for-profits. Am I right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. And I remember when he came back to the group and he was, you know, his energy level was off the charts. And he started going back to that same network that he had known for years. And all these opportunities started opening up because he was just having a dialogue, telling them about how excited he was about the prospects of doing this and what interested him about it. And all of a sudden, people started listening in a different way. Right. Well, he, he had come to, he had taken himself through his own reinvention process. Mm-hmm. And he had identified a, a key component of what his future work would provide to him. And he got so excited about it that that energy led him into a lot of conversations, um, and a lot of it was informational. He was simply checking out a, a kind of work he hadn't done before. And again, because he had been a successful person and he was mid-career, everyone, in, everyone who can say that's true about themselves has quite a bit to offer. And of course, we take it for granted. Mm-hmm. And so his, his experience was he was now excited about what he didn't know. And he wanted to go back to his network to find out stuff that he didn't know. He wasn't talking about what he knew. And, of course, everybody knows a lot of people outside of, you know, what they do for a living. And one thing will lead to another. But you do have to be out there in plain sight for opportunity to find you. So that was a great example of somebody who thought long and hard about what would get him excited and then used all of his connections to meet new people. And mm-hmm. um, I, I stay in touch with, with him, and, and he is extremely satisfied with where he landed and what he's doing. And it's completely yeah. different from what he was doing when I first met him. It's amazing. Um, I, I'm working with somebody now who is – of course, exploring other possibilities, and one of which is the the not-for-profit world. And um, she wasn't really considering that at first, and, but we're you know just brainstorming a little bit. <clears throat> and I said, so who could you possibly talk to? And all of a sudden, there's three people in her network, three very close friends that had actually made a transition into the not-for-profit world very successfully. Oh. So all of a sudden, you know, it's like, oh, I can talk to these people. So, okay, so let's move on, unless there's anything you wanted to add to that. No, if, I, if there is, believe me, I'll say, wait a minute, Harry. I've got something <laughs> more to say. <laughs> so we've covered time, finances, and network, and the, and the next one is um, creativity. So that, that shows up in a multitude of ways, you know, I use that an overused term um, phrase thinking outside the box. And, you know, again, that goes back to the idea of, um, uh, 
widening that lens because the the wider you make the lens, there's more opportunity. And the one client I had, I remember, because I will challenge my clients to do things that are really uncomfortable for them. Not dangerously uncomfortable, of course. But uh, there was one client I had who um, he had lived in cities his whole whole life and he had lost his job and he was forced to go back and uh, be with his, his mom. And he didn't really know how to drive a car very well. He was learning and he was very resistant to it. So I challenged him to start driving more just, you know, around the block and then two blocks and then three blocks. And at first he was very uncomfortable with it, but you know, by taking actions like that, I, I find it just, it's one more action that can open up new thoughts, new ideas, new perceptions. So let's talk a little about creativity. Well, I, I, I think, um, I do think the idea of doing something that you find scary mm-hmm. is always beneficial because first of all, you discover that you don't die and right. um, s- second, it it gives. Whenever I would do that, um, I would it would give me energy to to persist. So the next time I had to do something that I that I was, you know, that made me uncomfortable, it was much. It was well, somewhat easier each time, and, and one gets uh, momentum that way. But there's another thing about creativity in this regard, because. I know some people who say, well, I'm not, I'm just not a creative person. And I think mm. that's always untrue. I think. I agreed. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing to me. I, I've, um, I've worked with people who had all kinds of different responsibilities in different organizations and different teams. And the people who paid attention and weren't married to their opinions were creative people. They could learn how to see things differently. And this is not done easily in solitude. It just, I have rarely gotten uh, something creative accomplished that didn't involve conversations, spitballing with people, um, and just blue sky conversations. Mm-hmm. So the you know, and again, talking to people and not knowing what they do, not knowing, you know, simply knowing I'm I'm interested in this, but I hardly know anything about it. Can you tell me about it? For, that's a scary thing to do because yeah. you're admitting that you're that you don't know something, and nobody wants to admit that. I remember reading. Well, and some people over time, you know, we can label ourselves as certain things. You know, oh, I'm not good at this and oh, I'd never do that or I, I don't have any talent in this. And I, I had uh, a client who was a surgeon. And when the creativity piece came up, when we talked about creativity. He was like, oh, I'm the most uncreative person on the planet. Well, fast forward. You know, a year later, he's the part of two startups. I mean, he was a, a total entrepreneur waiting to bust out of the gates. And um, one, what entrepreneur isn't, isn't creative? 
Yeah, I, I think this process requires you to embrace the fact that you don't you don't know uh, enough to have a direction to pursue, and and once you're reasonably comfortable admitting that you you need information and help and uh, other you know other people's information, other conversations with people, it winds up being enjoyable and mind-blowing to some degree because you once you make yourself available to participate in a creative process which simply means i'm not sure what we're doing here but let's let's start something Mm -hmm. interesting things almost always happen and the more relaxed and the less you're trying to control the outcome the more interesting things can get yeah that's that's a great point um all right, we're at the midway point, so I have to do my little um, pitch here, so bear with me. So uh, I want to tell you a little about an upcoming show on Life Coach uh, Radio Network, Wednesday, February 6th at 7 p.m., Undivided, with your host, Frank Midori, a series focused on breaking down barriers which society has constructed to keep people apart. The focus of the program is on unity and peace. His guest will be Cordelia Gaffar. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Um, Hopefully I got it right. And they will discuss the divide around Islam and American society. That's Wednesday, February 6th at 7 p.m. Undivided. And now back to Free the Hamster, currently in progress, with my guest, Rob Battles. All right, where were we? I've got my... We've got the hamster wheel up to about 60 RPM now. It's quite good. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. So in review, oh, I also want to mention uh, if anyone does happen to be listening live and they have a question about anything we've been talking about, they can call in at 646-716-9397. 646-716-9397. Can't promise we'll take your call, but uh, we'll give it a shot. Uh, time, finances, network, creativity. The next one is risk. So, so what are you willing to risk to go after what you want? How uncomfortable and awkward will you allow yourself to be? We talked a little about this. Um, you know, what sacrifices um, do you need to make? And again, this is all, you know, in, in my case, as I mentioned earlier, I had to cut back on things, get rid of my car, borrow some money to ship things around to create the space for me to pursue this. I remember um, talking to a potential client who was curious about the idea of exploration, but he said, well, I need to make so-and-so amount of money, which was a very high number. So, you know, he had like three cars and I don't know how many homes. And so if you're not willing to, you you don't always have to risk something, but you have to be open to the possibility. Um, Your thoughts, Mr. Battles? Well, you know, I think we touched on it a little bit. The, the, for me, the biggest risk was appearing a fool and, Mm making a mistake, being, you know, being wrong about something. And I do think part of the process, since, since I think this process benefits by casting as wide a net, really having 
conversations with people who may not have time for you, who, you know, there's going to be a fair degree of crickets when you're Mm -hmm. trying to get people to make time for you. And uh, Mm -hmm. which is why a network is very useful. Whenever anyone would, would call me and say that somebody would like you to meet, if, if, it was a friend of mine who would be like, of course, you know, of course I'm going to do that because that's who I think I am. And, and, um, and what happens is you, you then become part of a, a vital network and, and you can ask for the favor in return. So I've got a, a woman with whom I worked recently sent me a note saying that she's headed to a new city. And if I knew anybody, um, for her to talk to, she would appreciate it. So I shot off a few emails to a group of people, some of whom I hadn't really been in touch with for a year or two, um, but all people who have been friends of mine over, over the years. And every single one of the people I touched base with immediately said, yes, be in touch. Um, but you have to take you, you haven't a left a wake of You haven't left a wake of uh, hatred and sorrow. Well, at least I don't call those people. So, <laughs> uh, so the you know, and and again, the 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 people that I've um, offered help to are people who've helped me, and the people yeah. who ask me for help are people I will turn to. I will ask ask them to do favors, and the fact that so, but it, it's risky, and so I have to be prepared for my ego to be bruised, my pride to be bruised sometimes. And also, and you helped me with this when I was starting to try to get into a, a, a new work habit. And you said, you're going to have to give up a completely wide open schedule. If you want to make progress on your project, you're going to have to say from these during these hours on these days, this is what I'm doing. And so nothing else is going to interfere with that. And it was interesting because my time was my own and I had not really become, you know, when I had a job, I was disciplined because the job provided me with structure. When I was forging my own way, I had to give up a certain amount of freedom in order to have the structure I needed to make progress. And, and so that's one of, you know, one of the things you have to be prepared to, to do. So, well, just, just to be clear, uh, just to be clear, I never told you to do anything. I think you told me to hang up a couple of times. (laughs) You made those discoveries on your own based on my incredibly powerful, empowering questions. (laughs) Well, that's true. I suppose that's true. The other thing that's interesting about this is I forget everything that ever happened. So I'll, I've, said, I've, I've said things to you like, well, you know, I was, I was really relaxed about this. And, you, and you'll say, no, actually, you're a basket case. And it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I was a basket case. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we can get into that when we get into the stages. But y- y- you're right. I mean, you went from a a very structured um, blueprint for many, many years 
to a completely, I don't want to say unstructured. It was just structured differently, but foreign to you. Right. Um, no, it was, it was found, a radical change. Yeah, it was a, it was a radical change. Um, <clears throat> all right. What, what, what were we just talking about of completely friend? Who is this, by the way? A creek, uh, risk. Uh, talking about the risk. Um, this is okay, your insurance so, agent. <laughs> uh, time, finances, network, creativity, risk, and drive. Well, we talked about this a little bit. Um, you know, when I talk about working with successful professionals, I'm defining success, success in that sentence as a person that knows how to go after what they want. That's somebody that knows, you know, how to achieve things and uh, get stuff done. Um, so, you know, and, and you're, you're certainly one of those people. Now, in some cases, I had to challenge you to, you know, try things that you weren't used to doing, but... So talk a little about drive. Well, drive for me could be redefined as sort of um, idiot confidence. Even when I wasn't, you know, when I when I wasn't sure that anything I was doing was going to pay off, I I knew that I had to keep at it to, or I or I'd never know. Mm-hmm. And I think many of us, if not all of us, have this voice in our heads that say, why bother? Just, just do the thing that, you know, do the thing that's next on your list. Don't do anything different. Don't, don't challenge yourself because there's, there's no point to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the longer I would listen to that voice, the longer I would be stuck. And what right. I discovered is what, and I think sometimes Drive is confused with ambition in my mind and with mm. um, sort of get up and go. When, in fact, for me, what has been very valuable is, is the decision to set a goal and to assign it an appropriate amount of time and to keep at it until it's done, at which time... I can decide whether I'm going to take, you know, to take the next leg of the journey. And, and again, with the process that we worked on together, when you were my cash money coach, Mm -hmm. I, I went down a number of different paths and I pursued a, a number of different directions for what I was going to be doing with my time and I was interested in all of them, and I spent time very excited about all of them. And then at a certain point, I thought, this isn't resonating with me enough for me to persist, and there are other things I'm going to try to do. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a willingness to um, pursue avenues of inquiry and try things out and and when they turn out to not be the you know the the bell that's ringing, to not give up and to not think, oh, I'm a failure, but to remember that this is all part of the process. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So let me just review the ingredients for career reinvention, time, finances, network, creativity, risk, and drive. And of course, you know, depending on who you are and where you're at in your process, those may apply and other ones may apply. But those are kind of the ones that I've identified in working with the people that I've worked with thus far. Um, and you know, Rob, I'm looking at the clock and I think we'll probably cut this show now and then we will do the four stages um, the next time. How does that sound? I, I just can't wait, Harry. I, because talking <laughs> with you is something um, that I just can't get enough of. I know. So you have to make sure you clear your uh, calendar for uh, uh, the seventh. I have seventh. nothing to do, so there's really oh, no perfect. problem. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm muting you now forever. Nice chat. Goodbye, Rob. Thanks. Goodbye, Harry. <laughs> so that's all the time we have for this show. I want to thank my guest, Rob Battles. And uh, if you're interested in finding out more about the work that I do, Check me out online at www.harrypritchett.com. That's H-A-R-R-Y-P-R-I-C-H-E-T-T.com. Or send me an email at hp at harrypritchett.com. You've been listening to Free the Hamster. I'm your host, Harry Pritchett. If you've enjoyed tonight's show, there will be more. Uh, We're going to do show two of um, the four stages of career reinvention. So please tune into that. That will be on Thursday, February 7th at 7 p.m. And I'll leave you with these words from William Bridges, who asks, what is standing backstage in the wings of your life waiting to make its entrance? Good night, everyone. (laughs) 